Are you losing faith in the world around you? Do you find yourself constantly asking why something is the way that it is? Do you wonder about God? Maybe you're disillusioned with church, but you still feel a call. Or maybe you realize that there has to be something more for you in this life. Pull up a chair and take a seat, because you've arrived at the right place. The Human Conservation Podcast. With host Reverend Corby Willette. Restoring faith in humanity by exploring the paths of culture, history, nature, science, and spirituality. Promoting human conservation through human conversation. Welcome back to the Human Conservation Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Corby. I hope everyone is having a blessed day and is doing well. At the time I'm recording this, uh, it is Mother's Day, so I want to wish all the mothers out there a very happy and healthy Mother's Day. Today I want to talk about something that we all have to deal with, both to the left of us, to the right of us, to the front of us, to the back of us, and that's neighbors. Now some of our neighbors may be fairly far away, and some of our neighbors may be right on top of ourselves. But how well do we know them? Do we like our neighbors? Do we dislike our neighbors? Do we get along with our neighbors? Do we work together? Now, we know what the Bible says about neighbors. Love thy neighbor as I have loved you. What you do to the least of me, you do unto me. And all all of those things that we read in the Bible. But how often do we actually put that into practice? A lot of times, you know, we think that we're a good neighbor. We think we, we look how maybe we mow, mow their lawn or shovel their snow or do something else. But, but how about when it counts? When I woke up this morning, I had a whole day planned out. I was going to work in my yard and get my yard cleaned up and, you know, hang some lights in my gazebo. And I had plans to get some nice charcoal to put in. I have a little little charcoal grill, and I wanted to charcoal grill a steak because my family was all going to be out, and I had the house to myself. So I was, I was stoked. I was ready to have my man day. I had the pressure washer out. You know, nothing, nothing exudes manhood like pressure washing, I got to tell you guys. But seriously, so I, I get all my equipment set up, and I just get ready to start to get the work done. And I happen to look up and I see my neighbor looking out his front door. Now, my neighbor is 84. He is mostly blind. And he has no one to look in on him. I think he has a brother. I haven't seen the brother around in a long, long time. But basically, this man is uh, left to fend for himself. So I acknowledged him, and I greeted him, and I was greeted back with, hey, can you run me to the bank? And at first, my initial reaction was frustration because I'm literally just getting ready to start my work. But I can, I can already feel the, the conviction uh, of the Lord because I know what the right thing to do is. How is this guy going to possibly get himself to the bank. So I said, sure, I'll get my car. And I backed my car up into the driveway 
and I took him to the bank. Now, does that make me a good neighbor? Well, at first glance, it sounds like I did the right thing. Um, But while we were on our way to the bank, he actually used the line of, while you're feeling generous, do you know how to fix a lamp? And then it was, uh, can you go to the grocery store for me? Can you help me do my taxes? Uh, And a whole list uh, of other things that, that he needed help with. And again, my reaction was just a shutdown. I have to give a little backstory uh, on the neighbor. When I first moved into this neighborhood, when I was dating the woman that's now my wife, uh, I was really excited because she had a fireplace. I never had a fireplace growing up. There was always one in my grandparents' house, and there was always a fire in it. And it was kind of like a nostalgic feeling. So the first day I slept uh, at the house... Uh, and my wife worked the next day, so it was just me alone in the house. I wanted to light a fire. So I lit a fire in the fireplace, and I just sat back, and I was enjoying the crackling, when after a few minutes, I start to hear fire trucks. And then eventually, the fire sirens got louder and louder and louder until they stopped right in front of the house. So I'm looking out the window out of curiosity, and I see the firefighters fanning out in the middle of the road, looking around. So I opened up my front door and I said, are you looking for the smell of smoke? And the fireman said, yes. And I said, well, I have a fire in the fireplace. And I, and he comes up and he, he looks in my house and he sees the fire in the fireplace. And I, I thought maybe there was like a, an ordinance in New Jersey, you know, cause I was born and raised in Connecticut. I thought maybe there was an ordinance in New Jersey. Like you're not allowed to have a fire or, you know, I don't know. So uh, I said to the firefighter, I said, am, am I like not supposed to have a fire? And he goes, no, you just have jerks for neighbors. So again, that was my first impression of the neighbor. And it was like, come on, pal, really? You called the fire department because you smell smoke, but you didn't see anything. Well, like I said, I didn't know that at the time, but his eyesight is horrendous. But it didn't take long for me to realize that he had an issue just with smells in general. Like anytime I filled the lawnmower up with gasoline uh, or the dryer vent was, uh, you know, blowing the the scented air from the dryer sheet or whatever, he'd always be out and about. He'd have like tissues up his nose. And we used to just kind of like make fun of the guy, you know. But anyway, I'm starting to go down a a rabbit hole. But when I left my house... It was really on my mind to go to the store for the guy at least because, I mean, he he can't possibly be able to cook anything for himself uh, or anything like that. But I was greeted as I was walking out of my house by my other neighbor on the other side who informed me that she goes to the store for him on Mondays and that I needn't worry myself. So I took the out. But now I find myself despite the fact that he was taken care of, I find myself wondering, you know, how many times have I done that? How many times have, have I taken the out? And it's not just me. How many times have, have we as, as humanity taken the out on our neighbors when we know in our heart of hearts that we should be stepping up to look, and not just for our literal neighbors, but for people that we know are hurting, for people that we know are struggling or having a hard time. I was having a conversation with with someone the other day about being a minister 
and the, the difficulty of the job if it is done correctly. And I know that this may sound uh, insensitive or disconnected, but it's hard sometimes to take the burden uh, of other people onto yourself. It's not that my heart doesn't desire to help my neighbor. My heart is afraid of what I'm going to find, to, to truly know how bad it is. Because while initially I was really aggravated way back at the beginning when I'm talking to the firefighters because this guy uh, called the fire department because he smelled smoke, on the other hand, I can't possibly fathom what life must be like when you can't see and you got nobody to tell you that things are going to be okay and that you have to be fearful of the smell of fire because you can't see if it's your house on fire or not. So when you look at it from that different angle, it's actually a very, very sad situation and not something that should have been made fun of. So I implore everybody when at first glance something is is upsetting you about a person. You know, I tell my son all the time, there's a reason why people are the way that they are. But we have this bad habit of picking and choosing who we apply that principle to. And that's not right. That That should be for all. You know, I can remember back in the early days of the pandemic when toilet paper was was just flying off the shelves. You couldn't find toilet paper. People were panicking. You'd go into the, the supermarket and there'd be people with like eight and ten bundles of, of of toilet paper. Do you guys remember when that was going on? What it was like to try and get toilet paper? What were the conversations like about that? We were I, I know I was, was harsh on the people at first, like yeah, toilet paper. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. You know, when uh, when disaster strikes, if I have no toilet paper, like worst case scenario, I could cut up a T-shirt to keep myself clean. That's the least of my worries. So why was everyone going nuts over toilet papers? Because they were afraid. People were afraid that even their basic comforts were going to go away. It's about comfort. But how many of us just, just piled on and, and made fun of these people, cursed these people, and, and not once uh, ever considered the fact that they're scared and maybe we should be lending our voice? I, I wasn't really afraid in the early stages. So, so why wasn't I lending comfort to, to that person? You know, on the other side of it, though, I encountered somebody really cool at the beginning of the uh, pandemic when they were starting to, to ration chicken and you couldn't find any any meat to be had and this and that. And there was a lady in the supermarket that had a carriage full of chicken feet and chicken livers and, and like beef tripe and all of this w stuff that, that would be unusual or creepy to, to the average person. And I was having a conversation with her and what she said to me was, was so powerful. She said, I eat this stuff. Very few people do. So why am I going to take the regular chicken and the regular steak when I can do just fine with this? And I would rather leave the other things 
for the people that don't eat this stuff. I, I, I was blown away by that. That's a, that's a simple way of taking care of your neighbor. Those are the things that may get overlooked by, by people, but I promise you that they're not overlooked by God. Now, before I get out of here, um, I, I just want to kind of wrap it up in a quasi-humorous way. Uh, I mentioned that I had taken the out with my neighbor, and the horrible thing about taking an out is so when I came back from the grocery store with my steak and my plan to sit in the backyard and uh, look at Facebook or whatnot, um, my neighbors three doors down uh, had the music blasting on 10, and it wasn't just regular music. It was Baby Shark, and I couldn't be aggravated or I couldn't be upset with them for being a quote-unquote inconsiderate neighbor because I wasn't a good neighbor myself, and I knew it, so I just had to deal with it. So ultimately, in the end, I got what I deserved because we have a just God. So please check in on your neighbors, check in on your family and friends. Uh, Mental health is a huge, huge problem, uh, and that's what we're working to overcome a little bit with this podcast. If you are struggling, uh, dial 988, and we'll see you the next time the spirit moves. As always, I thank you for stopping by to give me a listen. If you like what you heard and you want to help out, give the podcast a review and click as many stars as you feel appropriate. This helps get the word out and helps other people find the podcast. If you'd like more information about me, you can find that at corby.com, spelled C-O-R, B-I-E-Y.com. And if you have questions or comments about the podcast, you could send those to hcpodcast at corby.com. And that's the episode for this week. Remember to be kind to one another, help one another, and check in with friends and family often and let them know their worth. It can make a difference. If you're the one hurting, do not hesitate to dial 988. I hope everyone has a blessed week. And remember, human conservation can only come about through human conversation.